Hello, friends. Welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm Paul White. It's the second day of July. It's the Lord's Day, and I hope that you are fellowshipping with fellow believers as you enjoy the favor of God and this wonderful journey of discipleship that we're on and following our Lord Jesus. Well, we've been following our Lord Jesus through Mark's Gospel. We've arrived at the last quarter of the Gospel, what would be the the quarter pole, the last four chapters. Well, technically, uh, we, we need to get into the 13th chapter to literally be into the last four full chapters, but uh, we're in the middle of 12, so I guess I'm cheating a little bit. There are 16 chapters. Um, we have skipped over the 12 verses that tell the parable of the wicked vine dressers, only in that we did them in detail in the essay two days ago. At the end of the podcast yesterday, I gave you a really brief rundown on that story. And uh, there's no, I, I, I can't do as much in seven or eight minutes as we were able to do in the a little more detailed essay edition. So we move to the next story in the progression, and that begins in verse 13. Then they sent to him some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to catch him in his words. This is an interesting group. We don't hear a lot about the Herodians, but this sect of Jewish leaders who are closely attached to King Herod. Um, Not every Pharisee would have been Herodian, and certainly not every Herodian would have been Pharisaical. So we have, in some ways, the governmental leaders and the spiritual leaders of Israel coming to Jesus. And the fact that they bring with them Herodians was probably a red flag to Jesus. Like, there's a reason why they're sending this group of people into this next situation. Verse 14 in the New King James Version gives us reason to pause in regards to just quoting scriptures in the English and thinking we've landed on their meaning. I think you'll know what I mean when you hear this read to you in the English, Mark 12, 14. No commentary yet. Just listen to this verse. When they had come, they said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and care about no one, For you do not regard the person of men, but teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now, in case you missed it, here was the phrase I was hoping you would capture. You care about no one. I can't think of a single phrase that is less true (laughs) about Jesus than you care about no one. The only other phrase that was that I can think of off the top of my head that was made about Jesus in his lifetime that was less true was he's a glutton and a wine or he delivers de- uh, the demon possessed by the power of Beelzebub. These were damnable heresies that they were saying about Jesus. I, but the truth is that those are actually heresy in regards to the way they thought of Jesus. This one's not. This one is them trying to give a compliment. It just comes out terrible in the English. Please remember, they didn't say it in English. They say it in Greek. And in the Greek, it's closer in verse 14 to, you really don't look after anyone's favor. You don't court anyone's favor. You aren't trying to get people to like you. Teacher, we know that you're true and you care about no one. A phrase that to us, sounds like he doesn't care. In fact, he doesn't care for anyone. He doesn't have compassion on anyone. We know that's actually the opposite of our Jesus. 
To care about no one, though, in this sense, is to not try and capture people's favor. In this, Jesus is less like us. Well, let me say that differently. In this, we are less like Jesus than in almost any other area of his day-to-day humanity. And, and I, what I mean by that is we all, to some extent or the other, have moments or people or times in our life where we court favor, where we look for favor through the systems of this world or through men or women or through power structures or whatever to get someone to smile on us. Jesus doesn't have this in his character to the credit of the Pharisees and the Herodians, and we don't give them much credit for anything, as we probably shouldn't, but to their credit, they saw this. They saw that by the way Jesus conducted himself, he was not looking for the favor of men. The next phrase, you do not regard the person of men, is a little better translated. You don't look at men's face, but you teach the way of God in truth And then they ask, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? I'm actually going to save that question and answer for tomorrow. For today, I want to deal with that other odd phrase in the English. You do not regard the person of men. Or or more literally, you do not look at the face of men. Another translation says you're not swayed by appearances. Well, how I like to take this verse that, that really settles it into my heart is that we are a people who we look at the face of men. We look at their face and read them. We try to read behind their eyes. We read their emotions. We read their responses. And whether we like it or not, we then govern our speech and our actions based upon their response. I know I do this as a public speaker where I take the faces that people are putting on, and we're all putting on a face. I don't mean we're being fake, but we're putting something on. We're tired, we're mad, we're excited, we're interested, we're bored. We're putting on a face, and we as speakers read that face and then respond. I call this the conversation that we have when we're in public speaking forums because we're actually carrying on an unspoken and spoken dialogue. I'm speaking, you're not. But your unspoken dialogue is in the way you respond to what I'm saying. And that dictates where the conversation goes. I don't think that this verse indicates that Jesus didn't look at people's faces, that he didn't respond based upon their response. But I think it shows us that Jesus was not restricted by the response of people. He didn't change his message or his tone based upon the face based upon the response. And they go to him looking for this kind of response, looking for this kind of answer. And of course, it's a bit of a trap. We're going to get into that trap and Jesus' answer because their question is, do we pay it? Do we not pay it? And we're going to go behind that hypocrisy and look at Jesus' answer on the podcast that kicks off the work week tomorrow. See you then. God bless.